Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's how you Super Bowl. That is how you Super Bowl. What a day, what a game. That was fun. Welcome in Grant and Danny on the fan the Monday after. February 13th, 2023. Kind of feels like the day after Christmas, Daniel. All the presents have been unwrapped. There's random shreds of wrapping paper on the floor still. You got to wait 364 more days for another one. But uh, the football season's over, and it culminated with one whale of a championship game. Just outstanding. Quarterbacking at its finest, team building at its finest, two teams that absolutely both of them could have and probably should have won this game, both deserve to win. Outstanding. Everything about it was was really, really good. Halftime show was good. The whole experience, the broadcast I thought was really good. That was a great night, man. We ordered a lot from the old Italian store. Did you? Five pizzas came to the Hooray residence. Eight different subs, and we cut them up into individual portions. I'm not saying that I had two of them overall, but I did to go with five pieces of pizza, to go with wings, to go with cookie bars. Uh, there were other accoutrements there as well. I'm still uncomfortable. Still now, about you know, 20 hours later, I'm still over full from yesterday. I've barely grazed upon a morsel today. Worth it! Last night was perfect. There were potato skins. Yeah. There were meatballs. There were buffalo wings. There was pizza. There were some brownies and some cookies. Everything you wanted to happen yesterday happened. Then the game kicks off. I got Nick Sirianni with tears streaming down his face during the national anthem. Your boy had no file, just a blank word document on Chris Stapleton. His anthem was incredible. I need to get on Spotify and just spend the evening listening to his music. You have much of a... I got a little Chris Stapleton file. I, I you'll, en- you'll enjoy it. He crushed. Soulful. The anthem was a 10 out of 10. Sounded like a Joe Cocker. What would you get? You know, Woodstock or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fired up for that. Game starts. Game was great. You mentioned Rihanna's halftime show. Bangarang, Peter Bangarang. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, excellent on the call. Love when networks actually hire based on skill and ability rather than just looking for some big name to come in and, and do the job worse. Everything about the day was perfect. I loved Super Bowl Sunday. So let's get to it. Let's go through it here. Eagles get the ball first. Chiefs did the right thing. They win the toss. They defer. You saw why as the game went on. Philly gets the ball, Danny. They go 11 plays, 75 yards. Jalen Hurts looks comfortable. The entire offense is clockwork, textbook, execution. They looked prepared, and you think, they're going to be a really tough out today. Go down the field, take a 7-0 lead. Chiefs get the ball back. They go 75 yards on six plays. Patrick Mahomes is dialed in. No sign of ankle issues on his one scramble on that opening drive. I'm thinking, all right. Dueling banjos, here we go. We got ourselves a football match. Mahomes to Kelsey, 18-yard touchdown, dropped in the bucket. It's 7-7. 
Hope you took your over. How about have that? a shootout coming? Yeah, wrong about that. How about that route, by the way, from Kelsey? I mean, I, I, I heard we were talking about this before the show, and we both kind of scratch our heads sometimes, and they go, the whole world knows it's going to that guy. How do they get him open all the time? Well, sometimes you get him one-on-one, and he puts on a master class, a clinic, as we like to say, in how to run a route. That I'm, I'm watching this play live, and I'm going, well, that's an out route. Maybe he'll have a chance to catch it and go upfield. You know who else thought that? The cornerback in question. It was also an up. So this is a combination Beautiful. of scheme with Andy Reid, who's exceptional, the enemy, whatever element he's playing in the designing as well, but also, to your point, a great football player. Yep. You don't always have to scheme Kelsey open. Uh, Greg Olson, who played tight end, by the way, mm-hmm. I mentioned how good he was. I thought he had a splendid call, as he always does. He's a star, and he's become maybe the best commentator already in that role in football. But at my Super Bowl party, big screen, stadium seating, couch style in a basement, perfect viewing for this game. We are having the—this is the exact conversation we're having. A buddy right behind me goes— how is Travis Kelsey always open? Everybody knows the ball's going to him, mm-hmm. and he still goes 8 for 85 every single game. And as we're discussing this and we're opining and we're giving our opinions as a group, Greg Olson, this is not like an exaggeration. This is literally what he said on the He's broadcast. He's like, hey, Grant. He's like, at home, <laughs> people are probably wondering how Kelsey's always open. And he goes into the answer. That is good commentary. Yes, it is. The nerd and your boy. I stopped the Super Bowl party. I was insufferable. And I said... That's why Greg Olson's the best, guys. He just asked the question that we were asking and gave us the answer. And everyone's like, uh, what down is it? Like, stop talking, insufferable guy. What time's the halftime show? I got a couple of those, like 20 more minutes till Rihanna's. We is got that right? Of those. The, you know what guy I was? We did the person that can't beat your Super Bowl party draft this uh-huh. past week. I ended up being squares guy really bad. Squares guy. <laughs> I'm telling you. I caught myself no fewer than three or four times screaming out to the room. Right now, Nary, if if no one scores, Nary's going to win. She's got three and three. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, that was a squares guy moment. 20 minutes later, they score again. I'm like, David, catbird seat, David. If nothing else happens, you're getting the 25 bucks. Oh, man. I was squares guy really bad, which is fine because I won the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So you're the squares guy that won. Which is probably even worse. Okay, that's good. $25 for the third quarter, $100 for the fourth quarter. Wow. Squares guy. Squares guy. <laughs> we had we had gambling guy here because he was a, a D.C. resident, and he came over to across the river. Oh, he Just, couldn't believe that you're able to do something other than horrific gambit, gambit D.C.? Yeah, the great state of Virginia. And he's yeah. like, which one do I choose? I was like, you could choose so many. He was like literally betting on multiple apps at the same time. We Just chronicling every inch of his bets. He's like, is the first kickoff going to be a touchback? We're like, yeah. By the way. 10,000 touchbacks in this game. <laughs> like, you know, he got off to a great start where he won 20 bucks on that and never looked back. So 7-7, right after the two teams get the ball and go down the field, and we think we're in for a party. But you know this. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely does the game continue to be that good. Early snow there. The rest of the half, I would say, was almost all Eagles. They had the home run touchdown to A.J. Brown for 45 yards. I thought that was misplayed by the DB. Didn't you think he was in position at the goal line? To make a pass break up there, and he just kind of... Like, it was a great throw by Hertz, who was incredible in the game. I just thought the DB was there and was off balance or was flat-footed. It was it was strange, because normally you make a play on that ball, and he just wasn't able to. It just... I don't know how to describe it better than that. You go, I bet you if you re-ran that scenario again, 
he'd make a better effort on it. I mean, A, it was A.J. Brown's excellence. There's that last little burst somehow that he's able to do that some of the great ones can do where you're not really that far separated. Then all of a sudden, you're lunging for the ball, but still somehow in stride. There's that little extra burst or gear that these excellent all-world caliber athletes do to get it into his giant hands for a touchdown. And I sat there annoyed because the... Uh, Philadelphia Eagles had the foresight to go get an excellent receiver and they traded for him and they still have a million more picks and it bothered me so much. Why don't more teams trade their first round pick for the available star? You are trying to find A.J. Brown when you're drafting a receiver in the first round. Mm -hmm. He's already A.J. Brown. He's available. He's currently A.J. Brown. Where was the line of teams trying to acquire that guy? Now, Washington, as an example, shouldn't have been in on that. Wouldn't need to, right. But there are a lot of teams that need wide receiver help I guess it just wasn't something they were thinking about. We'll just about. let the championship caliber team do it. Let them let them grab him. I don't get why more teams aren't aggressive. I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. The Rams go get Stafford and win their title. The Bucks go get Brady and win their championship. The Eagles go get A.J. Brown. Their offense is a juggernaut. The waiting and the patience and the conservative approach that some of these teams have is confounding to me. But, uh, yeah, the first half ended up being pretty much all Philly. You know, after the Chiefs went and scored, their only other drive into the red area netted a missed field goal when Harrison Butker kicked it off the uprights. If not for the Hurts fumble, which was a his lone blemish, oh, I, yeah. I would make the case a really big blemish. But in a game where he was otherwise masterful, like absolutely brilliant, the fumble where Nick Bolton scoops it up and returns it for a touchdown was huge because... Frankly, it should have been probably a 13 or more likely a 17-point game at the half. Well, just measuring offenses, it was 24-7 at the half. Right. I mean, that that is a we, – we're underrating that play. And I'm not saying you and me, but just the general public. Oh, cool, good offense in the second half for Kansas City. Yeah. They came back. That's a – it's a different game. If he just – somebody else falls on it. If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble, just a loss and a punt, they are dominating at that point. I think time of possession was around 19 minutes to 7 minutes so at it, that stage. Remember, it was back-to-back plays there yeah. that crippled him because it was third and a couple of feet. This is the best short yardage team in the league. You saw them all game long do the little quarterback sneak thing. No one's better than Hurts at just getting behind that big offensive line, which is the best in football, and getting shoved by backs and receivers for the first downs. So it was third and a couple of feet, and the go- the right guard flinches. Okay, So now it's third and six. On the third and six, he fumbles. So those two plays in a row, it was an easy first down conversion. Mm-hmm. They batted 1,000 on those all game long, turned it into third and six, then the fumble. But if you take those couple of mistakes away, it's a 17-point game at the half probably. Yep. And here's your halftime totals, by the way. So this is not what could have been. This is what was. First downs, Eagles, 17, Chiefs, 6. Yards, Eagles, 270, Kansas City, 128. (sighs) Plays run, Philly, 44, Kansas City, 20. Time of possession, 21.54 to 8 minutes and 6 seconds. Dominant. Mahomes and the Chiefs offense were on the field for 8 minutes in the first half. So lucky to only be down 10. He was 8 of 13 for 89 yards, and most of that was on the first drive as of halftime. That's how you beat Kansas City. The, the Eagles, Danny, as of intermission, when someone's mom brought the Capri Suns and the orange slices and they're, they're passing out the fruit roll-ups, Rihanna's performing. They had done almost everything perfectly other than that fumble. That's right. I mean, as you start to add it up, and by the way, the resilience to come back from that March right down the field and drive for a touchdown to go up twenty one fourteen because a lot of and a lot of times that's kind of the 
I don't know. That's your that's your kindling. That's your 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 first explosion. Next thing you know, you open up the door for Kansas City. Like that, their offense starts flying, and then they they get a lead on you and whatever. You've seen that happen a bunch of times before, where all it takes is a little spark, and Kansas City's offense can't be stopped, or you know the, the team gets momentum. Philadelphia, that terrible mistake to make at 14-14, which at that point, again, they're dominating the game with just under 10 minutes to go in the first half, and they're tied. That could go one of two ways. And it went back to Philadelphia's way, where, again, they were calm, cool, collected, a couple different third-down conversions, a fourth-down conversion, where Jalen Hurts ran for 28 yards on a fourth and five. How about the Huevos Rancheros on that call? little yeah. quarterback draw piece where he makes a linebacker miss and you know shimmies up the sideline for almost 30 yards. An easy touchdown drive again. For, for an offense that was, I think, two fourth-down conversions, by the way, on that drive. Just fantastic how they were able to come back. Yeah, I thought Hertz was great, great, and I thought Nick Sirianni was fantastic. Everything about Sirianni on Super Bowl Sunday, from the tears coming down his face during the anthem, which was the best video of the day, to the fourth-down decisions and the aggressiveness. He understood, we're playing the Chiefs. They're going to score points. We got to keep up. And so on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and five, they're going for it at midfield on a, on a fourth and a handful. No one bashing them, by the way, because they got them all. Uh-huh. So all the people that are normally screaming about why you don't go for fourth downs after you don't get the fourth down are very quiet. But Brandon Staley style, they knew we can't come off the field. On that fourth and two, where they lined up and got the offsides, neutral zone infraction, yeah. do you think they were going to want to play? 100%. You do? You, out of that formation? Yeah, I mean, they ran a fourth and five play at midfield earlier on. They'd gone for two fourth downs inside that area of the field already. I I think they got off the bus, to Sirianni's credit, Mm -hmm. with the formula that the Chargers and some other teams have used against the Chiefs, which is we have to keep the football, and we have to not settle for three. We're scoring seven. Yeah, I do. I think if you're going to make them, you know, if you're going to give them the ball, give them the ball with with a long field to work with. So I think they were going to run a play for sure. That was, by the way, not only an offside because the D tackle moved. I thought he lined up like over top of the football. That's what it looked like to me. Like his like his head was over, you know, in in line with the with the head of uh, Jason Kelsey. And then Chris Jones, their best defensive player, the runner up for DPOY this year in the NFL, their sensational defensive tackle, just started undressing guys on the sideline. Not literally taking off their clothes, but he was berating them, saying, "Hey, some." less clean version of are we going to get a stop today or not? Are we just going to give up first downs with offsides penalties all game long? Cause they'd done it twice already, but who makes better halftime adjustments than Kansas city? Nobody, man. nobody's the answer. They are the best at this. Deficits are nothing to them. I saw a stat from Trey Wingo last night. That was mind boggling. Or is it mind bottling? Mind bottling. Your mind's in a bottle. And then you shake up the bottle. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes career. The Chiefs have fallen behind by 10 points or more 24 times. They're 14 and 10 in those games. There's not a single quarterback in the NFL dating back to 1950 whose winning percentage when his team is down 10 points in a game is better than 33%. Mahomes is now 14 and 10 with Kansas City when he falls behind by 10 points. Part of it is him and the explosiveness of that offense, but a lot of it is the adjustments that they make with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and company. Here's their second-half drives after intermission. 10 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 9 plays, 70 yards, touchdown. 3 plays, 5 yards, touchdown after the long the return, return yeah. by Kadarius Toney. 12 plays, 62 yards. Only a field goal, but would have been a touchdown if they didn't lay down on the 1-yard the line. 
So you're basically talking about four drives, four touchdowns. 24 points could have been 28. They were nearly perfect as a team after halftime. You know, their defense gave up one touchdown in the two-point conversion. Otherwise, on a drive, they held for a field goal in the red zone and enforced another punt before the end of the game. But you know how many penalties the Chiefs had after halftime? Not off the top of my head. Zero. Zero. You know how many sacks they gave up after halftime? Zero. Zero. Story they of the game to me. Game. St- zero. Yeah, story of the game to me. Zero negative runs. Zero minus plays. They were basically flawless after being down 10 at the half. Well, they found something, especially on that first drive um, in the run game, right? I, I don't know what it was specifically, but you know Pacheco off the right side a couple times. They had that beautiful formation a couple times where they snuck in Jarek McKinnon, who's smaller than me, as a fullback. And they gave it to him on a nice counter play. I loved it. Right where it, the whole, the, all the action looks like it's going right. There's one guy that kind of stays home, kicks out. Huge hole for McKinnon to run through. Thought that was brilliant a couple times. They they found a couple looks in the run game, basically saying, we're, you know, we know you guys aren't ready to defend this, and we're going to force you to. And then once that happened, they kind of went back to their bread and butter. The story of this game, a couple stories of this game for me. I, I already said one thing was the story of the game. Kansas City protecting against that ridiculous Eagles pass rush, to me, is is kind of story 1A. 1B is the quarterback running to make plays. Even after Mahomes had been hurt and you know coming off the high ankle sprain, he's writhing on the ground there in the first half. A couple huge scrambles for Kansas City, including that 14-yarder on the first touchdown drive there in, in the third quarter, instrumental for both of these teams. And then not even getting to Jalen Hurts and his three rushing touchdowns, 70 yards, et cetera. Yeah, Mahomes, after he got hurt, Reaggravating to some extent that left high ankle sprain when he limped off the field right before the half. He threw 14 passes after that, 13 completions. His only incompletion was a throwaway purposefully out of bounds. And he had two backbreaking scrambles that you're referencing one that got them into goal to go, and another that got them into the red zone for the game winning field goal. It was as if that was the turning point for him, and the flip of the switch took place as soon as he went down and was writhing in pain going into the half. If you would have told me, by the way, before the game, Patrick Mahomes would throw for 182 yards and the Chiefs would score almost 40 and win a shootout, I'd have said there's no Impossible. Way. Impossible. In fact, before the game, one thing I did say was the Eagles need Jalen Hurts to be great to win. He was and they lost. He was. And my point was, if Patrick Mahomes isn't great, the Chiefs can't win. I thought if Mahomes struggled, you know, the Eagles could still win because they have a running game and a defense and other options. For the Chiefs, it's kind of Mahomes or bust. And it's not like he wasn't great. He was. But they didn't throw for a ton of yards. They got the huge play on special teams. They got a defensive defensive touchdown. touchdown. And they ran the ball really effectively with Isaiah Pacheco, who, by the way, was drafted outside of the top 250. He was a seventh-round pick this year out of Rutgers. I saw a graphic today from Marcus Mosier of PFF. This is a look at the leading rusher from the last 14 Super Bowls and their base salary. Pacheco, 870000 this year. Last year, Cam Akers, 890000 Veteran Leonard Fournette, only $2 million with the Bucks. Damian Williams, the last time the Chiefs won, barely over a million. Sony Michelle of the Patriots on a rookie minimum, four hundred eighty k. A couple years in a row before that, LeGarrette Blunt making sub $1 million. C.J. Anderson of the Broncos way back in 2015, 585K. See a theme there. There has not been a leading rusher in a Super Bowl game that makes more than $2.5 million in base salary since 2008. Yeah, that is your running theme. That's To me, that's where you, you do it. You Late rounds, take a flyer on a running back, and 
you keep churning. It ain't, it ain't fair to the you know, to the guy that's that's there and established, but that is not a premium position in terms of payment. If you want to pay Antonio Gibson, that makes one of us. Yeah. You, you just shouldn't. Here, here. Find the next guy. Mid to late rounds. Make him a fit in your offense. Uh, there's a lot of things we can dive into and should dive into from this game, though, on Grant and Danny, including the controversial holding call on James Bradbury against Juju Smith-Schuster and the greatness already through five years as a starter of Patrick Mahomes. As the show continues, we'll get to Rihanna and how the Eagles handled themselves post-game, the slippery field. There's a lot to chew on. Grant and Danny on the fan. Mahomes looking that way, throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. Kevin Burkhart, Fox on the call. That was Travis Kelsey's game-opening TD. Made it 7-7. That was the first of Kansas City scores. They end up winning 38-35 in a classic Super Bowl. In fact, Danny, we'll talk about this later in the show, but I was racking my brain last night, and I am aware of recency effect, and I'm quite sure in some way that I'm a victim of prioritizing what I remember most, but I can't remember being more entertained circuit to circuit by a Super Bowl than that. And I'm old enough that the first Super Bowl I remember when I went back and looked yesterday, I think I'm at right around 27 Super Bowls. Takes me back to being like six or seven years old. Okay. But I can actually remember watching, remember where I was. Yep. That was as good as I can remember yesterday. So non-Redskin Super Bowls, obviously, I put those aside. They're perfect and entertaining and emblazoned in my brain forever. My memory doesn't go back that far. I know it, my friend. I like this better when some people will point to the 28-3 Patriots comeback and they'll go, that's a great game. Or they'll say the 49ers-Ravens uh, game where the Ravens were up 28-6 to and then it ended up being 34-31. That's a great game. Those are really, really good. I'm not taking away from those. To me, when it's always close and it's always back and forth, that's better than a huge portion of the game being dominated by one team or the other, and then someone comes back. Those are exciting. There's nothing wrong with those games, right? They're they're incredible. But give me that, you know, thirty-two twenty-nine Patriots beating the uh, the Carolina Panthers. You know, give me this one over so many others. I thought this one was two excellent teams. There's no nothing fluky about it. Excellent teams playing at a really high level the whole time, and I'll take that over a lot of others. That's something we can discuss in the 5 o'clock hour today. All right, some major topics we haven't gotten to from the game itself. The holding call that was controversial and that a lot of people were upset by. James Bradbury, Juju Smith-Schuster, it's third and eight, 15-yard line, one minute and 54 seconds to go. Kansas City has the football in a tie game if they convert either by way of scoring a touchdown or getting a field goal, they're going to take the lead. Worst case scenario at that point for the Eagles was, and and it would have been hard to do this based on the down and distance, but if the Chiefs got a first down without scoring, because then they could run the clock all the way down, basically. And on third and eight from the 15 with 154 remaining, they throw a flag, automatic first down, on James Bradbury of Philly, who held Juju Smith-Schuster. What did you think of the call? I thought it was the right call. Um, I, I thought it was a, a little bit ticky-tack, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was it was wrong. Um, to me, it was a it was Bradbury's fault, right, where he's trying to jump something. It's third and long. I understand if it's you know a, a third and two and you can't give up the thing in front of you. That's a third and longer play, 
and I, I thought he held. The problem that I have is not necessarily that that one's called. I guarantee you there are a dozen previously in the game that didn't get called. And that's the thing that bothers folks so much in general. I mean, I come from a baseball background, right, where whatever a strike in the first inning, it's got to be a strike in the ninth inning. I can't have it for the first time you make that call, whether you're right or not. If that pitch you haven't been giving to the pitcher and then you ring somebody up to end the game, that's that's harder to accept, I think. The fact is they probably hadn't made that call a dozen times throughout, so it makes that one not feel as good. I thought it was correct. Bradbury had a very similar, equally as uh, infraction-worthy penalty earlier in the game. I remember specifically that wasn't called. Now, I can't speak to how many others there were, but he held Juju Smith-Schuster on a third down in the middle of the field on what was, I think, the second drive of the game maybe for the Chiefs. Pretty sure it was right before their first punt of the game. And it was very obviously a hold, and they didn't call it. They didn't call a hold, to your point, or a P.I. all game long. This is the second year in a row this has happened Mm -hmm. where there hasn't been a single penalty on a DB for being physical until the final drive of the game, and then they they throw a flag on something, and people say, not right now. For the record, I have no problem at all with the penalty. You you said you you don't necessarily, but you wish they would have called it the same all game. For me, it's a full stop. It's a penalty. Throw the flag. Is or isn't. I I don't care about the rest of the game necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people that are upset are either Eagles fans or probably bet on the Eagles. I think if you're completely unbiased and you're watching the game, I don't know how you could be upset with that being called. It it was a penalty. He held him, I think, pretty clearly. I don't think it was like a ticky-tack, 50-50, you don't have to call it, I thought. That is textbook holding. The receiver is breaking in, plants his foot, comes back outside. DB with uh, momentum kind of slows his his path and holds him from – getting the, the Jets going the other direction, that's holding. People say, well, it wasn't catchable. doesn't matter. It's not a pass interference. Holding penalty, if you throw it 50 yards away, it's still a hold that, that doesn't affect the penalty itself. So I thought it was the right call. I didn't have a problem with it. This was the Philly radio broadcast. This was how they called what was a game-changing penalty. There's no denying that penalty killed the Eagles for sure. Mahomes takes the snap. He's back. He is firing. And it is incomplete, but there's a penalty flag thrown. The pass was intended for Smith-Schuster on the far side of the field, but the flag came, and I think it's going to be defensive holding against the Eagles. You are right. It's a double move on the outside. Smith-Schuster. Fire to the pass. Holding. Number 24. Defense. That's the iconic Merrill Reese on the call, who, by the way, is 80 years old. How about it? I did not realize he's now 80 years old, but uh, epic pipes, just synonymous with Eagles football on that call. To James Bradbury's credit, he was asked about the penalty after the game. This is what he said. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, It was was a hold, so they called it. How hard is it? He admitted the holding, yeah. and, and later in the conversation said, I tugged on his jersey, I held him. Uh, I just thought in general, uh, nobody cares about this probably, but it's the kind of thing that I do care about. I thought the Eagles, after the game, conducted themselves so well. You know, we've seen guys like Cam Newton and some other players storm off after press conferences and have a hard time just being a professional, being a grown-up, being a man sitting there. Jalen Hurts had one of the great quotes I've seen in a long time about how he's going to learn from this. Uh, Jason Kelsey ha- had an awesome moment where he said basically – um, 
they can't win them all, you know, in a longer winded way of it. But I just thought they handled themselves really well, and I was super Class impressed and by that for sure. Um, yeah, I agree on all fronts. My big objection isn't necessarily with the call. I will, I will never understand this. The automatic first down, I just don't think should be a thing. You'll never get me on board with this thing, this thing we just take for granted. That's a third and eight. It's a five-yard penalty. Would you have loved to see a, see a third and three? Yeah. Would you have loved to see one? They should change that. And I, we've, we've said that on the show for years. I am I am because if it's, so adamant about that. If it's that. third and 29 yeah. and you jam a guy at six yards, it's an automatic first down. Automatic first down. It's dumb. Hurts, uh, though, unfortunately, speaking of him. He played a winning football game. Yes, he did. I know he had the one really bad gaffe that resulted in a defensive touchdown on the fumble. Statistically speaking, according to PFF, it was one of the great passing performances in Super Bowl history. 300 yards, five big-time throws, nothing turnover-worthy. He ran for 70 yards, four total touchdowns. I wanted more for him than anyone else for Philly to to be able to win the title because I thought he deserved it. And again, I'm I'm not a huge Sirianni guy in terms of how he carries himself. Sometimes I think he comes off on the sideline like he's a lot to deal with. But I thought he had a great plan. I loved his aggressiveness. Agreed. I thought he deserved, frankly, to to be just as much as Andy Reid or anybody else to be talking about winning the Super Bowl afterwards. There were a couple moments from from Jalen Hurts. I, I want to say it was the Dallas Goddard on the sideline between two defenders. Oh my god! That I I go. You don't. What are you doing making that throw? Oh my god! That's perfect. That was a throw of the year candidate. Just phenomenal, right? A couple drops in there. There was one. Um, I think uh, you know, Devontae Smith ended up not coming down with it. That they overturned. But there were a few different moments in there for him as a passer. Not let alone the overall impact as a, as a runner and some of the decisions and excellence in that regard. The two point conversion. Are you sure his hold his shoulders still hurt? Just barreling through people. He was absolutely incredible. Incredible was, in this game. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought you know he'd been pretty inaccurate and really struggled the last few weeks, and I thought the shoulder would be a problem. But that extra week obviously helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his PFF grade in the game, by the way, ninety two point nine. That was the highest PFF passing grade in, in Super Bowl history. I mentioned the five big time throws, zero turnover worthy plays, eight yards per attempt, eighty percent adjusted completion. When you take out things he can't control, and then you add in seventy rushing yards and three touchdowns. You just can't play a better Super Bowl than that. That fumble's going to mar the day for a lot of people, but as a as a passer and a quarterback doing everything else was perfect. We talked about the Chiefs not giving up a sack. Uh, th- you're right. That's the story of the game, probably. Uh, Eagles had 70 of them coming in. We're a handful of a sacks away from the all-time record in the season, and they didn't get one. I think that speaks, number one, to the rebuild offensive line for Kansas City doing a good job, no doubt. But that's Andy Reid. That's play calling. That's quick game. That's Patrick Mahomes who, after getting tackles and hurting his ankle, we mentioned the two big scrambles, 13 of 14 passing, further etched his stone historically onto some of the all-time lists. Let's get into the Mahomes legacy now. He's been a starter for five years, five division titles, five AFC title games, been two, three Super Bowls, and won two at 27 years old. But what we saw this postseason with him playing through pain and injury might have been his greatest act yet. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. A five-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes, and now Butker can give the Chiefs the first lead of the game. Grant and Danny on the fan. Super Bowl 57 to the Kansas City Chiefs. So here's the Patrick Mahomes legacy now 
after his second title. I said this going to break. He's 27. He's been around for five years as a starter. In those five years, the Chiefs have won five division titles. They've been to the AFC Championship game five times, all of them in Kansas City, by the way, meaning they have been the one seed, essentially, five times in his five years as a starter in the conference. They have been to three Super Bowls. They have won two Super Bowls. Mahomes, now a two-time champion, has won the MVP award in the league multiple times, 40% of the time since he was named a starter and they moved on from Alex Smith in a trade. I can't remember where he was traded to. Here's the list, Danny, of quarterbacks all time who have won multiple Super Bowl MVPs, excuse me, Super Bowl championships, and multiple league MVPs. This is not speaking to winning MVPs in the title game. Just you got two rings, and twice you've been named league MVP. Brady, Montana, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. And here's how many seasons it took them to get two titles and two league MVPs. Patrick Mahomes did it in six years. Tom Brady did it in 11 years. Joe Montana did it in 12 years. Peyton Manning did it in 18 years. In one-third of the time, Mahomes has done it in six calendar years. We've never seen this. We've never seen this kind of start. It's it's Dan Marino's production with, you know, Montana's winning, right? I mean, that's that's where we are at this that's stage. Well said, right? Yes. I mean, the we we have these video game numbers. We have the prolific, you know, Big Twelve type scoring, or you know, the Tommy Chang at Hawaii putting up you know, Andre Ware at Houston type video game numbers better than anybody else. Plus the fact that they win and win and win. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. It doesn't matter who's surrounding him. It doesn't matter who's on defense. I mean, to keep this in mind as well, all those things that you just you just mentioned, they changed a rule after he didn't get the football in overtime to rob them of another Super Bowl appearance. It was a, a lined-up offsides defensive lineman that had Kansas City would have won the football game where they didn't get to go to a fourth Super Bowl during that time. Right. The one time they went and got beat straight up against Tampa Bay, that's you know, that happened. They got beat. That that is a very reasonable thing. They also got straight up beat, I think, against Cincinnati in the AFC title game. But we're really talking about someone that could have been in four Super Bowls in five years. Pretty easily. And it would have had a chance to win that many. So this year they play in the three playoff games, right? Because they had the bye initially, then they beat Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and then won the Super Bowl. Mahomes, seven touchdowns and no picks, completed 72% of his passes in these playoffs. Seven and zero touchdowns and interceptions. Do you realize, I think this is maybe the craziest stat I found. It's one of the two. I mentioned earlier one that I cannot just, I just can't comprehend, which is that Mahomes is 14 and 10 when down 10 points in a game. Not when they're up 10. Not when they're winning. There's literally never been a quarterback since 1950 that has a winning percentage over 33% when his team is down 10 points and he's at quarterback. And Mahomes is now 14 and 10, including, by the way, four and two in the playoffs. When his team is trailing by 10 points. Two-thirds of the time when down 10, they've won those games, okay? But here, I think, is my my actual favorite Mahomes stat I saw last night. In his entire career, do you know how many times he's been an underdog? Like a betting underdog. No more than a handful, I'm sure, right? Ten times, Mm -hmm. right? He's been an underdog as the starting quarterback of the Chiefs. What do you think his record is as an underdog? If you had to guess. Six and four. Eight, one, and one. (laughs) They have won eight times. Unreal. They have lost once, and they have pushed once when he's an underdog. That is insane. Yes, dude. it is. 
And, and we're just getting started with these two-league MVPs. He's got the all-time record for passing yards in a season. He's the only player who's ever led the NFL in passing yards, and then the team's won the Super Bowl. Because if you think about it, if you lead the NFL in passing yards most years, you're just throwing a ton because you're behind. Remember the one huge year Deshaun Watson had before his life went sideways, and, and he ended and they up were and They were 4-12. They were 4-12, and he threw for almost 5,000 yards. Mahomes throws for the NFL leading total because they throw every down because he's the best. And then they go on to win the Super Bowl. First time we've ever seen a quarterback making what he makes win the Super Bowl. What I wanted we, to bring up. We talked about this a lot on yep. the show the last couple of weeks. A quarterback has never won a Super Bowl making more than 12.5% of the salary cap. Mahomes was the second highest paid quarterback this year against the cap. Took up 17% of the Chiefs cap and they still won. Now, part of that is just how good he is. But the other part is, Darius mentioned this today in our, our chat. The Chiefs were third in the NFL in terms of the starts that they got or games that they got from rookies this year. Third. The other two teams were horrendous, like young teams like Houston or whatever. Right, that's, that's where you normally are if you're in that boat. And the Chiefs have as many or more picks over the next couple of years as anyone in the league. So I think they correctly understand. This is Veach and Reed, Danny. Mm-hmm. If we're going to pay Patrick Mahomes close to $50 million a year, and, and he's going to taking up 20% of the cap, the only way we can do this, because no other team has been able to figure that out, is, first of all, he's got to be exceptional. Check. Done. Secondly, we need to have the most young talent in the league, and we need to be drafting 12 guys a year and hit on eight or nine of those. They've done it. And we don't pay Tyreek Hill, a difference maker, a superstar, a, a guy that there aren't many like, quite frankly, a dude that's, that can take a two-yarder and turn it into 70, a dude that can go behind every defense and is seemingly impossible to cover. They just moved on without him and had an even better offense. My hand went up there uh, as to me being wrong about it. It really is excellent management. It is. You, it's hard to do this because normally what happens is something has to be sacrificed, right? Whether it's an offensive line, whether it's a defense, they found a way to have a really, really solid group despite having to pay their quarterback, you know, uh, close to, I think it was $36 million against the cap. That number goes up next year. Doubt them at your own peril. We have not taken any calls. Let's open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Your biggest takeaway from last night, what'd you think of Super Bowl 57? Your favorite part of the experience doesn't necessarily have to be something from between the lines. 800-636-1067 is the number. We're Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 